hesitated, and then the absurd position of the foot warmer overcame her, and she began to laugh again. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, she cried back, but you do look so funny. <laughs> oh, you all look so funny waving. Oh, pray! And laughing helplessly, she was carried out into the fog. High spirits to begin so long a journey, said Mrs. Theobald, dabbing her eyes. Mr. Kingcroft solemnly moved his head in token of agreement. I wish, said he, that Mrs. Charles had gotten the foot warmer. These London porters won't take heed to a country chap. But you did your best, said Mrs. Harriton, and I think it's simply noble of you to have brought Mrs. Theobald all the way here on such a day as this. Then rather hastily she shook hands and left him to take Mrs. Theobald all the way back. Sawston, her own home, was within easy reach of London, and they were not late for tea. Tea was in the dining room, with an egg for Irma to keep up the child's spirits. The house seemed strangely quiet after a fortnight's bustle, and their conversation was spasmodic and subdued. They wondered whether the travellers had got to Folkestone, whether it would be at all rough, and if so, what would happen to poor Miss Abbott. "'And, Granny, when will the old ship get to Italy?' asked Irma. "'Grandmother, dear.' Not Granny, said Mrs. Herriton, giving her a kiss, and we say a boat, or a steamer, not a ship. Ships have sails. A mother won't go all the way by sea. You look at the map of Europe, and you'll see why. Harriet, take her. Go with Aunt Harriet, and she'll show you the map. Righto, said the little girl, and dragged the reluctant Harriet into the library. Mrs. Herriton and her son were left alone. There was immediately confidence between them. Here beginneth the new life, said Philip. Poor child, how vulgar, murmured Mrs. Herriton. It's surprising that she isn't worse, but she's got a look of poor Charles about her. And, alas, alas, a look of old Mrs. Theobald. What appalling apparition was that? I did think the lady was bedridden as well as imbecile. Why ever did she come? Mrs. Kingcroft made her. I'm certain of it. He wanted to see Lilia again, and this was the only way. I hope he is satisfied. I did not think my sister-in-law distinguished herself in her farewells. Mrs. Herriton shuddered. I mind nothing, so long as she is gone, and gone with Miss Abbott. It is mortifying to think that a widow of thirty-three requires a girl ten years younger to look after her. I pity Miss Abbott. Fortunately, one admirer is chained to England. Mr. Kingcroft cannot leave the crops or the climate or something. I don't think either he improved his chances today. He, as well as Lilia, has the knack of being absurd in public. Mrs. Herriton replied, When a man is neither well-bred, nor well-connected, nor handsome, nor clever, nor rich, even Lilia may discard him in time. No, I believe she would take anyone. Right up to the last, when her boxes were packed, she was playing the chinless curate. Both the curates are chinless, but hers had the dampest hands. I came on them in the park. They were speaking of the Pentateuch. My dear boy, if possible, she has got worse and worse. It was your idea of Italian travel that saved us. Philip brightened at the little compliment. The odd part is that she was quite eager, always asking me for information, and of course I was very glad to give it. I admit she is a Philistine, appallingly ignorant, and her taste in art is false. Still, to have any taste at all is something, and I do believe that Italy really purifies and ennobles all who visit her. She is the school, as well as the playground of the world. 
It is really to Lilia's credit that she wants to go there. She would go anywhere, said his mother, who had heard enough of the praises of Italy. I and Caroline Abbott had the greatest difficulty in dissuading her from the Riviera. No, mother, no. She was really keen on Italy. This travel is quite a crisis for her. He found the situation full of whimsical romance. There was something half attractive, half repellent in the thought of this vulgar woman, journeying into places he loved and revered. Why should she not be transfigured? The same had happened to the Goths. Mrs. Herriton did not believe in romance, nor in transfiguration, nor in parallels from history, nor in anything else that may disturb domestic life. She adroitly changed the subject before Philip got excited. Soon Harriet returned, having given her lesson in geography. Emma went to bed early and was tucked up by her grandmother. Then the two ladies worked and played cards. Philip read a book. And so they all settled down to their...